Bordy. Hello, I'm Lisa Francesca-Nand and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast. Now, with the cost of living crisis affecting everything at the moment, many of us are looking for new ways that we can still afford a holiday. So I thought I would get somebody on the podcast to talk about this. And who better than one of the UK's most well-known maths experts? She's been working with travel search engine Kayak on a campaign to help Brits save for holidays by foregoing non-essential items from their daily spending. And as a TV presenter, a mum and a famously brilliant budgeter, there's no one better to talk to. Let's give Rachel Riley the proper big travel podcast introduction. Rachel Riley, maths expert, gadget show and countdown host and MBE for services to Holocaust education, grew up in Essex by way of Manchester. We talk about the astonishing story of her Jewish mother's families escaping from what's now Russia, the family member who was stabbed by a mountain Cossack and ended up as a gaucho in Argentina taking in Ukrainian refugees, spontaneously marrying her strictly co-star Russian dancer Pasha Kovalev in Las Vegas, raping in Robbie Williams for the entertainment, wildlife watching in the Galapagos, using maths to get good travel deals and so much more. Oh, my tech is just failing me. Do you ever get one of those moments? But I think I'm all right now. Frequently, I used to work on the gadget show, and oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Times, the technology wouldn't work. You just be like, "Why is this lawnmower stop? The lights working?" Yeah, I'm glad to. I'm glad to find out that that happens to you as well, because oh, yeah. you you seem to have all the skills that I don't. <laughs> yeah, the seam is the operative word. <laughs> That is all right, but it's um yeah we've got kind of the clock sometimes stops and um the random number generator might pack up and the screen goes black and then you can't do much when you have to just 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 wait. But yeah, thankfully the brain doesn't have those glitches as as frequently. Do you know what I think? My brain does have those those glitches, and like many people, you know, on the subject of maths, like why do you think so many of us have a sort of block when it comes to maths? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. It was National Numeracy Day on Wednesday. Um, so, which is a charity that deals with adult numeracy and, and now children's numeracy. And yeah, the, the stats show that, 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 that us Brits are nervous about maths. Um, and 50% of UK adults are at the level that you'd expect of a primary school student. And they found that the biggest indicator of if someone will get better, if they want to, is if they believe they can. Um, so they have this thing called the National Numeracy Challenge where you can go online and you can test your skills. You can see where you're at. Um, and you can see where you want to make improvements. Um, and yeah, the biggest indicator of, of, of if you will do better is if you believe you can rather than you believe it's a fixed thing and there's a maths brain that I don't have. If you think, actually, if I put the effort in and I can get better, I will get better. I'm sure that's it. It's with many things, you know, like sort of, you know, using the inner works of a computer. It used to be programming the DVD player, but I don't know many people have them anymore. But you have these sort of mental blocks. And um, I, I think you're absolutely right. If you believe you can do something, you can. I mean, it's not rocket science, is it? And it's actually the thing with maths is it's it's literally formulaic. You know, if you learn how to do it, you know how to do it. Well, for me, I think that I prefer, you know, people say, oh, I don't know how to do that because I can't remember. But actually, if you understand how things work and where these things come from, then you don't need to remember anything and you can apply the, the you know, the, the maths to real problems. So, uh, and, and again, National Numeracy have got all the stats of, of, of poor numeracy is linked to poor health, um, poor mental health even. Um, and conversely, high levels of numeracy are linked to better health outcomes, uh, more likely to be employable, more likely to earn more money. 
Um, and obviously, you know, it, it translates to money in your actual pocket and, and budgeting and understanding the financial products that you're signing in, signing up to. Um, so, so good numeracy has a, you know, a positive effect on a lot of aspects of your life and it, and it, and it can change. And especially at the moment, you know, times are tough. Um, we're all looking at ways of, of saving money and how we can make our money go further. Um, so it's, you know, no time like the present to improve your numeracy to help with that. I think you're absolutely right. You know, we had Rishi Sunak recently talking about everyone studying maths up to 18, which is fine if you're going to do real world maths, you know, or like calculating your your mortgage, your tax, all those things, yeah. that, you know, your shopping, your budgeting, all those things that we're just not taught. And you have to yeah. sort of, unless somebody spells it out to you, you have to sort of learn those on the go, uh, which actually brings me nicely to to travel and and maths, because in fact somebody said to me that getting the best deals on travel is actually all about the maths as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I mean, inflation's gone up eight point nine percent. You know, we're all feeling the you know the changing prices are not in our pockets. But Kayak have done a survey of of holiday makers, and five out of six of us still want to get a holiday this year. <laughs> Um, so they've done actually, they've taken some of the, the maths out of it for people. They've, they've created their, their vacay valuator. Um, and it's looking at the type of luxuries that we spend money on every month that have also gone up in value. So, you know, things like subscriptions or takeaways or, you know, coffees when you're out on the go. You could say, actually, you know what? For three months, I'm willing to forego those things because I really want to go on holiday. I want to get away from the stress. I want to take the kids out. I want to have something to look forward to. Um, so, and once it's worked out, you know, you, you've, you've set what you're willing to give up for a few months. You've said the amount of time you're, you're going to do it for. And then it gives you the options of where you can fly to. So it kind of takes away a lot of, a lot of that anxiety if anyone's got about numbers and maths away from you. Um, and, and tells you, you know, where you can get if you make these small sacrifices. And it's about prioritizing, isn't it? It's if you really, really want to go away and, you know, cut out all of those things. But it's very, it's so hard for people at the moment. And, but I do know people that, you know, absolutely forego all the little life's luxuries on a day-to-day basis and travel all the time. And people say to them, how do you manage to afford that on, you know, what is a relatively crappy salary? Um, But actually they do, you know, and it is, it is about the prioritizing. It's it's, for some of us. You can only spend things once, can't you? But, uh, and and when it's like, well, it's just a tenner here, it's just a tenner there. It's kind of easy to think, well, I can't spend that on anything else. But actually, um, you know, uh, takeaway meals is on average fifty nine pounds a month. Mm-hmm. Um, takeaway coffee forty quid. You know, not buying new clothes sixty two pounds on average. If you look at all those things together over the few months, then it actually does add up. And if you have that something to look forward to and that aim, um, rather than just a few quid here, a few quid there, then then I think it's easier. And I think you know, even me explaining it to my three and a half year old, um, she's you know, every other word with her is soft play, soft play, soft play. Yeah. But now the weather's a bit better. You go, well, well, actually, you know, you know that that picture of the water slide that you saw on that advert and you wanted to go on holiday. Well, if we go to the park now, then in a couple of months we can go on holiday. Yeah. Maybe she gets <laughs> that concept. I need to do that with my kids and Robux and things. I've got two boys and they love, you know, they just want to spend money online on pointless things that just don't oh, exist. No. Like Robux, oh, no. it doesn't exist. Mine are too young for that yet. but Oh, yeah, it, it, it will happen. Soon, it will happen. Um, talking of, of kids, um, I was reading that, you t- that you've taken in some Ukrainian refugees. Are they still living with you? Yes, we have um, we have three ladies. So we have two grandmas, um, one of their daughters and the daughter's son. So we have four people living with us at the moment. Rikita's eight. Um, and they're actually amazing at money saving and uh, like the, the, the frugality. Um, they they don't have any language skills. So but they're working 
all the time you know they're hardly ever at home because they're doing they're just out all day every day working um and they often do kind of cleaning jobs so like the end of an airbnb or um cleaning hotels and things like that so they'll go to the fridge and pick what people have left um you know they've had one spoon of of 10 pound granola and they bring stuff home and they they don't speak the language so they just bring these random food stuff home and say what's this with them an eclectic mix of stuff um and at the end of you know a holiday stay um hotels will just chuck out half a loo roll so we've got loads of half a loo roll excellent it's just brilliant it's really green as well it's saving saving money saving the environment and you yourself uh, congratulations on the mbe by the way thank you um that's now i know i'm going in july to windsor castle Oh, that's going to be amazing. And, you know, it's, it's absolutely well deserved for your work uh, in, in Holocaust education. And your your family have a, uh, although you come from Essex and, and Manchester, I do believe here, your your background on your mother's side is Russian. Is that right? Yeah. So it, what, what was Russia and what's now Poland and the Ukraine, my family uh, left in around about the turn of the century, 1900s. Um, so there was anti-Jewish violence um, and discrimination back then. Um, so yeah, they 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 managed to get to England, um, but you know I've done the ancestry doc, ancestry um, the stuff where you know you send off your DNA and you see where everyone is, and it's it's a little bit harrowing seeing where your relatives were from over the years and where they ended up. So everyone that managed to get to England, everyone that managed to get to uh, America are okay, and then you see the little dots around Europe and you know that's where the holocaust education mm. i think is so important to, yeah just 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 to know just to know history and, and where these things can lead have you physically uh traced your your family's background have you traveled to to trace it um no well I've, I've, we recently found a family letter that i didn't actually know we had and it was about my great great grandparents and how they came from ukraine to England and it's an amazing story involving some nuns called the Sisters of Mercy who found my great great grandmother crying on the side of the river having got to the UK after a treacherous journey and having lost her husband's address and she hadn't seen him for 18 months because he'd gone ahead to escape the violence to try and make a new life and didn't have enough money to send for her and the baby and so just an incredible piece of the puzzle um of of, of my family's history and, and many jews in this country um have the similar story of of you know their relatives fleeing eastern europe um around a similar kind of time and, and coming over and because it was a different language and records weren't kept um there's there's a lot of missing pieces of the puzzle so when you get that little nugget of information of, of you know i can see that they were yeah. they were born in chakassi which is like an about an hour from kiev and they you know were married and a baby was born in kiev and um, you know, that's one of the reasons we wanted to take in Ukrainian refugees because, you know, I, I just wish my family and other families would have had a similar experience and had somewhere to, to go um, when they needed to, to leave their homeland. Oh, gosh, all, all refugees, you know, all refugees from all crises around the world. And I'm also a child of, uh, of empire. You know, my dad was a, um, well, still is, he's just barged in as we speak even though he's 84 <laughs> he's uh he, he was from Fiji but by way of indentured labor in India and there's just so many awful things going on around the world at, at all times really and it's really 
you know amazing that you as an individual can 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 help not just with you know putting where your mouth your money where your mouth is and having actually people in the home but also in the you know the wider way you're speaking out and um and, and you know traveling and, and and educating people uh it's it's really admirable and of course so you your your children so you married a a, a russian dancer famously and your children are, are half russian as well that feels a little bit i don't know sort of serendipitous uh full circle yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. My Zayda, my my mom's dad, died the year I met Pasha, and he, um, you know, he he's he's he he had a, a kind of a pride about saying he was Russian, even though actually we were kind of chucked out of Russia. I had to flee Russia, so it's a kind of it's a funny identity. Um, but I, I'm just, you know, I think you, you want to give your kids uh, an example to follow. Um, so when they're older and, you know, if anyone says, well, you're Russian, so you're automatically bad or, or whatever, you know, some of the, the some, some, you know, anything they can say, well, actually, we opened our homes, we had Ukrainians in, we're, we're like family with each other. And, you know, it's the same, it's the same language. They, a lot of Russian, a lot of Ukrainians, Russian was their first language. So actually, you know, they say when you volunteer, often you get more out of it yourself than, than, than you give back. And, and our girls, and, you know, Makita, the little boy that's living with us, they get to speak both languages and teach each other both languages. Um, and we do get so much from having them around and not least loads of Ukrainian soup, yeah. <laughs> which my toddler absolutely loves. Um, I think one of the first words was soup, uh, because you can't leave vegetables unattended in our house without them turning into something delicious. That yeah, sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Ukrainians in your house. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had space for them. I might try and make some space for them. <laughs> Have you been to Russia then? Have you been, um, been to Russia? Traveled? Yeah, I was. Um, I went to Moscow and St. Petersburg um, with a friend. Actually, we we travelled there a, a few years ago. So I love traveling; is one of my favourite things to do. I love going and seeing different cultures, eating different foods. Um, we went to Bulgaria recently, and it's and it also uses the Cyrillic alphabet. So it's there's those those places where you go and you really feel like you're abroad because even you know the symbols that you can't even navigate by using English characters. Um, so it does feel like an adventure, but I think obviously how things are at the moment. Um, we, I mean, our, our our family that we're hosting have said, you know, come and stay with us when it's all over, and we just hope that that's going to happen for them soon rather than later. But it's you know difficult times but one day yeah. i'd love to go go to ukraine and and you know see where my family hail from and get some more you know more authentic borscht you need to do uh to go to do who do you think you are that's what uh, you need to do is it still going i love that program is, I really do. Like i'd love to be on it myself <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean, this is one of the things if at any interview they say what do you want to do i would really want to do who do you think you are yeah um, i mean seriously yeah. I mean, we've got little nuggets, you know, on, on my, my other side, on the, on the Jewish side, there was um, a story of uh, someone who was, who was stabbed with a saber by a, a mounted Cossack and ended up being a gaucho in Argentina. I mean, who's wow. heard about Jewish gauchos in Argentina? Um, and that's just like a nugget, one, you know, one line in a family letter of someone that's long gone. Um, but the stuff they can dig up and unearth, it's, it's just fascinating. What were you doing in Bulgaria? We went. Um, we went on a trip. We took the girls. We attempted to go skiing, <laughs> and there was no snow. Um, so we just went and then we ate a lot of different soups. It's one of those places. I think um, you know, especially when you're traveling with kids, and suddenly you've got all these extra people to pay for when you travel, and you're looking for ways to save money. And and I I just like when you you know you put in. I've got this amount to spend. Where can I go? 
Um, and Bulgaria is actually a, a great place. We, mm. we we loved it for for saving a bit of money because it's not that expensive. Um, but it's yeah, completely different culture. All the shop. I love going to seeing like you know unique little shops. And there, it's not like your high street that you're going to get everywhere else. It's um, old school shops that used to have like 30 years ago over here mm -hmm. where there was just loads of different brands and there's just one lady that's curated all these things that you can't get anywhere else. And that's one of the things I like when I travel, just seeing things that you can't get at home. I don't know if you've actually been listening to me. I feel you have because often when I'm on TV and radio and people say, where's really cheap? I recommend Bulgaria because yeah. people say, you know, it's got skiing, it's got beaches, it's got everything. Yeah. I've only been to uh, Sofia, the capital, but I was like, this this is the one place I recommend when people go, well, if you can't go yeah. to Italy, go to, you know, like think off yeah. the beaten track if you're looking for travel um, that that's still in incredibly different, actually more incredibly different if you can use that, if that yeah, even makes sense. We really enjoyed it. We did two days in Sofia. And then we went down to Bansko, um, where there's skiing, um, and there's, there's spas, um, and there's, you know, kid friendly stuff. And it's just, you know, wallet friendly. Um, and, you know, this is often it's just you haven't heard of it. It's the reason you wouldn't go rather than anything inherently better or worse about France or, you know, Austria or wherever everyone else is going. Um, but we like to, we do like to go off the beaten track a little bit. Um, where else have you been that's off the beaten track? Um, well, most off the beaten track. We've been to the Galapagos. Um, oh my God, I'm so envious. Uh, I mean, that was, that's as off beaten track as you can get really. Um, every day you wake up and you're in a different location on a different island. Um, and you know, Sri Lanka and the Amazon basin. Um, we really like wildlife as well. So, I mean, the, the style of, of travel that we've done before kids and after kids is, is this huge contrast. Yeah. Now we're looking at, you know, where can we get two rooms together where we can actually get some sleep when they're traveling with these little people that don't like to sleep? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing, especially with, with my schedule and my husband's schedule. He's, like I say, he's a Russian dancer. So he's often, when he's working, he's, he's on and he's away and he's absolutely exhausted. So we love having that holiday plan so that we know, you know, we're really, really busy now. But in two months, in, in mm. however long it is, we're going to have that really quality time together where we can just put our phone away and just spend some really good family time. What was the Amazon? Where did you go in the Amazon, did you say? Um, we went to um, the Napo Valley in Ecuador. Um, so we went to the Pantanal as well in Brazil. Just, just, just wildlife trips are, are amazing. And we went to this um, in in the the Napo Valley. Went to this amazing eco resort where the native people had had built it all themselves, and they'd got the the you know the wood from local areas, and and you just get to see um, just the most incredible wildlife. We saw giant river otters, a family of giant river otters frolicking in the river. Um, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, it's just, you know, if you think, if I, when I think about, you know, the best memories I've had, it's just like those like one-off times where you saw a river otter um, or you saw a shark off the Galapagos or, you know, orangutan in Borneo. Um, that's where, and you just get such emotion, don't you? When you remember those, those moments and, and going and experiencing them in the wild. And we're, we're so lucky to have been able to do that. And especially, you know, as things are changing, um, who knows how many years that will be possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, greener, greener options, um, and being conscious of that when you travel as well. I think it's, yeah, it's very hard to balance that, isn't it? It's very hard. I mean, I try and do whatever I can at home. Like I don't eat meat. I don't have a car. 
Um, but then I do have a, you know, a nasty travel habit, <laughs> not a nasty travel yeah. habit, because there's so there are so many pros of of traveling in terms of well, actually kind of related to some of your campaigning, but in, in terms of sort of ironing out prejudices, you know, where you when yeah. you travel and you see yeah. that people are all over the world were the same, you know, just trying to get by and feed our families and be happy and love one another and, you know, have a decent life. Absolutely. You know, yeah. there, there are many pros, I think, to travel in that sense for people. Definitely. And you just you just see how how close we all are how connected and how you know the natural world is is connected as well and you you know you, you live I live in a concrete jungle we're in London but you go away and you, you see the effects of what you're doing actually has on you know sea lions and, and the birth rate of, of of sea lions somewhere else it brings it home a lot more clearly when you can see it and you, you meet people who've you know dedicated their lives to um, following these animals for you know 30 years and they can see the changes over the, that time um, it brings it home in a way that, you know, sitting in front of your telly, being able to turn it off and go back yeah. to the stuff doesn't really. Uh, and then you, you have kids and then you, you look forward to spending two weeks in Lanzarote and all inclusive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It does change. You just, it's like, where's, where's the kids club? Where's the yeah, kids club? Exactly. Show me the kids club. Yeah. Just give them their fifth ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, where are you? Fine. I don't care. Uh, a bit of a key change, but you got married in Vegas, didn't you? We did. Yeah. How was that? I've been to my best friend got married in Vegas. About twenty five of us flew over together and just wow. had the craziest three or four days of sort of yeah. all day and night partying and well, you know Elvis and limos and Vegas. everything. Oh no! <laughs> so we didn't do we didn't do the Elvis. We did do a limo. Um, yeah. We only decided the week before we were going over. Um, anyway, we were going on a trip um, to see Robbie Williams in concert because my friend is friends with with him and his and his his team. Um, so she said, "Come over, I'm going to go and see this concert." We said, "Okay." And then the week before, we said, "Should we get married?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and we we had two friends at the wedding. Um, we told them like the day before that we were going to get married, um, and we just had a great time. I bought the dress the day before in the hotel gift shop um you know it was really low-key we got some flowers and and you know I think Pash put the limo on the morning and we had a lovely time um and then you know frugal as ever we we, we went to Robbie's concert and we with my friend we went and, and met him afterwards and we said you know actually we got married today you were our wedding singer and he was like well you guys are a bit cheap aren't you <laughs> <laughs> didn't get didn't get paid as well. uh, oh he's nice Robbie I've met him a long long time ago but he's a he's a good guy isn't he I yeah. think yeah, and you know the people around him are absolutely lovely as well. I think you can tell a lot of about people by their friends, um, and he's got a really great team of people around him. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you got any plans to go? Where are you planning to go next? Well, <laughs> now you ask. We, I literally found the hotel I wanted. I found the flights for us all, and then the life of a freelancer. Pasha came home a couple of days ago and said, um, "I've got to go to Romania for a few weeks for work." So um, that's put a, a, a halt to that for now. But now we can. Because that was going to be next week. I had it all ready and, and I'm about to, you know, click buy. And then this, this work came in. So we're going to have to postpone it for a little bit. So, um, I, I can get organized now. At least I know that we're going to potentially go away at the start of September and I can, I can find something. Also, how old are your kids? Uh, one, I've got an 18 month old and a three and a half year old. Oh my God. Take go travel now before school gets you. School That's is an absolute thing. pain, a really yes. painful, painful experience in terms of, you know, taking them out or uh, at the That's price the thing. of things, you know, my, my three and a half year old, she's at preschool. So she's subject to the terms, but because she's not in school age, we could just whip her out and yeah. get too much money. And I think when you're looking, you know, for the first time we've had to look inside school holidays to see the price of things. And you do have to be even more creative um, for how you can save money. You're like, well, shall I, shall we get up just, you know, 
that bit earlier to save a few hundred quid on the flights and it's all about yeah. compromise isn't it you've got this budget and you can only spend it once so it's where you want to spend the bulk of it and for me it's anywhere with the kids club <laughs> you know and also when they're when they're really little in the first two or three years I mean don't tell anyone I've told you this apart from our many thousands of listeners but um <laughs> just take them out for a couple of days you know? yeah, when, when they're little, you can't yeah exactly yeah, yeah you know once they're five and you're and you're stuck with it um yeah no I'd say once they're nine or ten <laughs> that's what I'd say oh, well, well I couldn't possibly comment on that with anyone listening <laughs> I'm a bit of a rule breaker in that sense. Right. I'm going to ask you my last question now because I'm aware you're pushed for time. And uh, my last question is always about music, because uh, to me and to many people, music and travel often go hand in hand. And in fact, you can't pick Robbie Williams singing at your Vegas wedding, although that would have been good. (laughs) Uh, If I had to, well, I'm going to ask you um, to name one song that reminds you of a memorable time and place of travel. Uh, What is that song and, and what is the memory? Um, well, I mean, I've straight away the first one that comes to mind is my dad playing the Beach Boys Good Vibrations when I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old in California going to the beach. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, I don't even need to explain. I don't think, you know, Good Vibrations, you got an American, all American band, um, driving in your American car to an American beach when you're a kid. And, you know, America's the land of movies, especially when you're young. Um, so that's a really strong one that, you know, springs to mind straight away and makes, uh, makes me smile right now. I love your dad's. I love the fact that he, uh, you know, he specifically played that to you. I do that with my kids yeah. and I do that when I travel. I want it. I want music that makes me think of the destination yeah. and, uh, very, you know, the Beach Boys in California. That's amazing. Very homes under the hammer, like very literal. Yeah, exactly. Getting the word beach in there. We know why we put this song on. Oh my god, I love homes under the hammer. I'd love to if I had to if I had to choose a job, it'd be presenting that or uh, or choosing the music for it because I do property and travel. It's perfect for me. Um, I've got my picture for who who do you think you are? You've got your yeah the hammer. Come on, producers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, well, coming to a screen near you soon, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the Big Travel Podcast. It's been really lovely to speak to you thanks very much for having me thank you so much rachel and thank you for listening to the big travel podcast our next guest will be actor warwick davis released in a couple of weeks time the episode that is not warwick i'm not holding him hostage until then happy travels oh that's so tv Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.